Well, good evening. Good to see those who are here in person. Glad to have those who are uh, online with us there, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter at HBC Tullahoma or YouTube is at Highland Baptist Tullahoma. All you have to do is uh, plug those words in in the search on each one of those and you can be able to find us uh, there fairly easy. Uh, we also have our phone live streaming. You can call the church office. We'll be glad to give you uh, that number. Uh, you just call the church office at 931 455 six four five and then also uh just be sure to sh share to heart to like to uh give us the thumbs ups uh on each one of those platforms there that just helps to get the word out uh, a little bit more so that others will be invited to come and to join us and if you've not subscribed there on youtube i'd encourage you to do that as well as if on facebook you're on facebook to follow us uh, there on facebook and that way you'll get those notifications each time that we go live if you do the phone live streaming it will call you uh, each time you can also uh, now search us up on apple uh, we are on Apple Podcast, and so you can uh, check our services out there if you want to uh, listen to your phone while you're going down the road, driving from one place to another. Sometimes that drive to Murfreesboro, maybe you need something to listen to or to Huntsville. Uh, you can turn our, find our broadcast on there uh, on the Apple Podcast. Uh, just search for Highland Baptist uh, Tullahoma, and you'll be able to find us uh, there on the Apple Podcast. Uh, go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab there that you can download the worship bulletin. So be sure to get that done for this evening. Uh, a lot of upcoming events uh, that will be happening soon. And so you'll want to know of all those things, as well as we have our children's worship bulletins that are right underneath that. You can download those. You can forward the the uh, link there to anybody you can copy it paste it send it to anybody you can print them however you want to do that if you need one of those printed in person uh, they're over here in the windowsill to my right and then while you're under the info tab there be sure you get the prayer list downloaded for this evening uh, as we'll be going over that tonight and giving some updates if anyone has any updates to the prayer list while you're there on the church website also go to the far right hand side Click the Give Online tab there. Uh, it's there that you can do your online giving. Uh, you can designate your gifts there if you need to do that to our budget offering or to other uh, specific things that are listed there. But we also have the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions listed there that you can uh, do your gifts to. Uh, I want to encourage you to keep praying for uh, the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions and all of our missionaries and the different emphases that we have. Uh, be a wonderful blessing for you uh, with that. Uh, but if you're here in person and need an envelope, you can either on the white envelope, write on it, that's what it's for, or we do have some pink envelopes that are for the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions that are, I think, in the windowsills that you can pick up one of those to do your uh, giving in person that way and then just place it in the offering plate. But glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, looking forward to a blessed service tonight. Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us in our hymn. Turn your hymnals to 586. As a Christian, we have a story to tell. So let's uh, let's sing. We have a story to tell. 586. Let's pray. We have a story to tell to the nations that shall turn their turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright and Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth the kingdom of love and light we've a song to be sung to the nations that shall lift their hearts to the Lord a song that shall conquer evil and shatter the spear and sword and shatter the spear and sword for the darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright and Christ's great kingdom shall come to We've a message to give to the nations that the Lord who 
rain at the bow and set us his son to save us and show us that God is love and show us that God is love for the darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright and Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth the kingdom of love and light we've a savior to show to the nations who the path of sorrow hath trod that all of the world's great peoples may come to the truth of God, may come to the truth of God. For the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come. Thank you, Miss Pat. Uh, forgot to remind you there, if you're at home, uh, to be sure to make uh, any comments for any prayer requests there on Facebook. That's what we'll be looking at live for any updates or any additions that you may need to add from home. Uh, if you're on any of the other platforms or maybe you're listening uh, through our phone live streaming, you can call the church office later and leave us a message uh, and we'll get that and be able to add the individual to the prayer list or you can just drop by anytime and let us know that also. Uh, and so uh, as you take a look at your prayer list, um, just to kind of give you some updates again uh, of some others uh, on the prayer list, uh, you'll notice that Beverly Daniels, she's back home, but just want to continue to remember her uh, in our prayers. Gil Williams is back at work. Uh, he's still healing, still got a long ways to go with his re rehab, uh, but just continue to keep him in your prayers. Uh, and then also Kay Fox, her surgery had been postponed, so Pray that everything will go well and that she'll be able to get that scheduled uh, soon again. Uh, and then uh, Rita Falcher, she has begun her cancer treatments, uh, so we want to uplift her and keep her in your prayers as well as Robert Everett, uh, who had been having some medical issues with some internal bleeding. We want to keep him in our prayers. Uh, he's out of the hospital from when he had been in the hospital with that, uh, but still weak from that. So uh, keep him in your prayers that they'll be able to figure out what all is going on there with him. Uh, we added some on the friends and family side uh, that we've mentioned over the last few weeks, but just want to continue to remember Laura Curtis, uh, who's down near the bottom there. The more recent updates are usually at the bottom of our list, uh, but remember Laura Curtis, the wife of the pastor at Liberty Baptist uh, in Winchester. Uh, as we've said before, she uh, has several issues going on. She's needing a liver transplant, has diabetes and some other issues going on too. She's at risk of losing her arm. And so we just want to continue to uplift uh, them in your prayers, uh, as well as uh, Marie Lee, who is our governor's wife with lymphoma. Uh, Tim Forsyth, he is the associate pastor at Trinity Baptist uh, in Manchester. Uh, he did have a test done this past week and they did find uh, that his was precancerous, and so they, they want to do a CAT scan, I believe it is, to make sure about the size of it if they need to go ahead and remove that now. Uh, but just keep him in your prayers with his situation. His wife also uh, just uh, had some issues with cancer uh, also uh, this past year, so keep her in your prayers too. Uh, Steve Maybe, uh, who's on our prayer list with cancer treatments. Uh, Shirley Riddle, who has pancreatic issues, and we're pretty sure that's pancreatic cancer. Uh, and so keep her in your prayers. Uh, Lisa Pitts, who is Linda Smith's sister, we added her last week, as well as Katie Pugh, uh, who has lymphoma. She's a teacher down at Rock Creek Elementary. Uh, and then also Camille Westbrook, uh, who is in hospice. Uh, we will mention that Linda Ray uh, is still got a long ways to go. She is at home recovering, so do keep her in your prayers, but her situation is probably gonna be a long-term uh, situation there so keep her in your prayers any others we need to add in person or any there on Facebook that you need to share yes we definitely want to remember all those people in Florida um, fortunately most of my family 
uh, are so far okay. If they get much effects from it, it'll be the rain, which will be their biggest deal uh, up toward Jacksonville area uh, with about 10 inches of rain that they should be getting. Uh, Samantha has some family that is uh, down in the Fort Myers, uh, Clearwater areas. Clearwater's north of Tampa, Fort Myers south of Tampa. Fort Myers is pretty close to where a lot of the storm surge has been coming in. Uh, they're doing fine uh, right now, but uh, do keep them all in your prayers. Um, any others? And I don't see any there on Facebook, so uh, if you have any there on Facebook or any of those other listening platforms and you want to hop over to Facebook to give us that request, uh, go ahead and do so. We'll check the list again there at the end just to make sure uh, if you had a need to add that. Anybody else in person? Any more updates that we know of anybody on the list? Okay. I didn't know of any others myself either. And so uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer then for these needs as well as many others. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you tonight for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we thank you for just loving us with an everlasting love. Father, we thank you that you are the God that you are and that you are a gracious and loving God, but you are also a holy and a righteous God. And that as we come to stand before you, even kneeling before you uh, humbly in our hearts and prayer, uh, Father, we humbly come before you acknowledging that you are a holy God and we are an unholy people. You are a righteous God and we are an unrighteous people. We have sinned in our hearts and in our lives. And we just ask God first and foremost that you would forgive us of our sins because we wanna make sure, Lord, that as your word tells us, we don't want anything to hinder our prayers with you. Uh, we want to be able to pray directly to you and have no hindrance there, and especially as we're interceding on behalf of others. And so we just ask, Lord, that as we confess our sins, or maybe we're thinking about what have I done that is sin. Lord, I pray that you would bring out any ungodly thoughts, any ungodly actions or deeds that we might have done. Uh, and, and forgive us, Lord, of those sins and help us to see those sins that we might confess them uh, because you've told us in your word that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So we pray that you would indeed uh, do that even tonight. Lord, bless us tonight as we come before your throne of grace. Lord, we each have needs ourselves and we pray that as we come before you, would you meet those needs, Lord, those daily needs that we have. And Father, I pray that you'll provide for everything that we need in our lives. Maybe not all the things we want, but all the things that we need to sustain life. And so, Father, I just pray your blessings upon each and every person who's here, each and every person who's watching online. Uh, and, Father, we just pray for your will to be done in our hearts and in our lives. Be, Lord, with our, our children who are meeting uh, for Awana in the building tonight. We pray that you'll protect them. Lord, we pray that you'll help them to learn more about you. Uh, Lord, I just pray that as they learn those scriptures tonight, I pray that they would memorize them, uh, not just in their heads, but also in their hearts. And Father, that you would let that word be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path to lead them, Lord, to the throne of grace where they might receive salvation through Jesus Christ. And Father, I just pray that you'll bless all of our teachers, all of our workers. Uh, just give them an extra special me measure, Lord, of your grace and your mercy tonight. Be with our youth workers and be with all of our youth also. And we just ask God your blessings upon our youth as they continue to grow. Lord, we know that our youth and our children are the next generation and so we just pray, God, that you would raise up a mighty army that loves you, that is faithful to you, that desires in their hearts to serve you. And Father, I pray that you will help us as a, as a body and as a body of believers here at Highland. Uh, as well as a part of the kingdom, uh, Lord, that you would help us to press forward, sharing the good news of the gospel message, making an impact in this world uh, for your kingdom's sake. And so, Father, as we come to this part to pray for each and every one of these on this list, we've mentioned some specifically by name, others, their names are written here, and yet there may be yet others that are on our hearts that we didn't mention that are maybe an unspoken request. And so, Father, we just want to uplift all of these to you. We ask, Lord, for you to divinely uh, intervene in each one of their lives. We know that you're capable and you're able uh, to bring about the healing that needs to be brought about in their lives. And so we just give all of those things to you, Lord, and we ask for your will to be done. 
uh, in their hearts. We pray, God, that you will uh, bring them, Lord, to uh, a place where even if they're in the valley or whether they're coming out of that valley, moving to the mountaintop, Lord, that you would use those things that they're going through to bring them closer to you, that if they don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, that through these events, you would bring them to faith in Christ. And if they do know Christ, then Lord, I pray that you will strengthen them in their walk with you, that their witness and their testimony and their life going through the difficulties that they're going through would be a testimony to people around them. But we uplift them, Lord, because you are the great physician. And we just intercede on their behalf, Lord, asking for healing uh, on their behalf. Uh, Lord, we pray for you to touch them uh, in a powerful way. We pray, God, that you will uh, just restore uh, their health. And we pray that through that, it will not just be for their sake, but mainly for your name's sake, to bring glory and honor to your name. So we expect and look forward to the great and mighty things you're going to do in each one of these people's lives as you bring about your healing, as you answer the needs of their lives. And Father, we pray especially that you will pour out your grace upon them because you've told us in your word your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Lord, be with all of our missionaries who are serving across this state. Uh, through our golden offering for Tennessee missions, as well as uh, around the nation uh, and, and North America through our Annie Armstrong Easter offerings and our, uh, our, those who are serving around the world with our Lottie Moon Christmas offering with the International Mission Board. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would bless all of those missionaries, uh, keep them, Lord, uh, safe, help them, Lord, to, to just open, open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, Lord, upon them that they could not contain. And Father, I pray wherever they may be meeting, if they are meeting tonight as a body of believers also, or maybe they're gathered together as a family, wherever they might be, or maybe it's a husband and wife or a missionary team, uh, or maybe it's just a single individual uh, who's serving as a missionary. Father, I pray that you will uh, bless them, Lord, tonight. Let them know that there are people who are praying for them. Let them know in their heart that you love them, that you care for them, and that you are making the path before them straight. Lord, lead them and give them wisdom and discernment in all the things that you would have them to do in sharing the gospel wherever they are serving around this world. So bless those, Lord, who are in harm's way with this hurricane. We ask, Lord, for you to protect them uh, and keep them safe. Lord, we thank you that things have not been worse than it could be. And Father, we just pray that uh, you will continue to ha have your hand uh, of mercy upon uh, those who are in the, in the path of this uh, hurricane uh, coming across Florida and then potentially later throughout the southeast with the heavy rains. And so, Father, we just pray for your will to be done in and through those things. Lord, lead us tonight as we study the book of Revelation, and I pray, God, that you will open up your word, make it alive to us, make it powerful. And, Lord, I pray that we indeed will continue uh, to receive that threefold blessing from the book of Revelation, uh, the blessing of hearing your word, the blessing of reading your word, and the blessing of keeping your word. And I pray, Lord, especially for that last part, uh, that we will keep your word and obey your word as we see how it applies for us tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 18 is where we're going to be tonight. I've entitled the message Sin City. We have some cities in America that we would probably think of as Sin City. You might think of Atlantic City as being a sin city. You might think of Las Vegas as being sin city. Uh, but you could just about name any, any city <laughs> across uh, the United States. Maybe New Orleans is sin city. Uh, there are a lot of sin cities uh, around uh, this world uh, even. And so tonight we're going to be talking in particular about the city called Babylon. Babylon. And so we're in Revelation chapter 18. We're going to start with verse 23, which is the next to the last verse, and then we're going to come back and walk our way through this chapter to see what revelation John is giving to us about the last days here and about, in particular, this city Babylon and what it represents. What does Babylon represent? So verse 23 of Revelation chapter 18 says this, And the light of a lamp, will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, 
and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. What we learn in that verse alone is that there is coming a day when the one who is the light of the world is going to turn out the lights on the world. Uh, the name that's used here for the world is the word Babylon. So when we're reading about Babylon, we understand that we're talking about the world system uh, in and of itself in, in that uh, area. In the biblical thought, Babylon represents several things. Sometimes it represents a specific place. The city of Babylon uh, is mentioned in the Bible uh, more than 260 times, more than any other city in all the world, with the exception of one, and that's Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mentioned more times than Babylon is, but Babylon's mentioned over 260 times. Sometimes the word Babylon represents and emphasizes power. The city of Babylon was the headquarters of one of the greatest kings who ever lived. If you go back to the Old Testament, you'll read about a king named Nebuchadnezzar. He was from Babylon. Uh, this was the city of the king who destroyed Judea and destroyed Jerusalem. Uh, he's the one who destroyed Solomon's temple. Uh, and, and this city was the headquarters of the nation that took God's people into captivity. Uh, one of the greatest kingdoms of all time uh, was the kingdom of Babylon. Uh, but more than that, it also represents a philosophy. Uh, the first mention of Babel in the Bible is in the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis. Uh, there, were, there we're told about a man by the name of Nimrod. Uh, Nimrod built a tower uh, that was meant to go all the way up to heaven. You'll remember that story. Uh, and and it, was the, it was man's first attempt uh, at humanism, if you will. It was the first attempt to establish a kingdom, a state, uh, a religion, a way of life and thought that totally excluded God. It was, we can do this. It's all about us. We don't need God. We can make our way to heaven by building this city up to the heavens. In fact, the name Nimrod itself literally means re rebel. Babylon is a picture of the spiritual, moral, intellectual, and philosophical rebellion of this world against God uh, since the beginning of time. And so Nimrod, who was the ruler of the first Babylon, is a picture or a type, if you will, of, uh, of the Antichrist who will rule over the last Babylon. Now the city of Babylon, uh, Satan's sin city, if you will, is the counterpart, the opposite of the new Jerusalem God's holy city. So keep in mind that Babylon is used here as it is used so many times in places in the Bible as kind of a code word, if you would, for any value system or any philosophical system, any moral system that is against God, uh, that is anti-God, that is anti-Christ, that is anti-Christian. Now you remember back in chapter 17, we saw the fall of spiritual Babylon. But here in chapter 18, now we're going to see the fall of the political and the economic Babylon. So the Bible predicts that in the last days, the economic and political substructure that holds this world together is all going to collapse like a house of cards. I mean, we think that our economy is bad now. Uh, it's nothing like others who experienced the Great Depression. And it's nowhere near what we're going to see happens in these verses uh, when all of that falls like a house of cards. Well, the world, this world of the last days is described as this city called Babylon. So I want you to see the sin of this city. What is their sin? What is the sin of this city? We'll look at verse 1 through verse 5 in chapter 18 of the book of Revelation. We're going to start with verse 5 and then back ourselves up uh, here just a moment also. So it says, for her sins are heaped high as heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Now, remember what we just said, Babel, which was the precursor to Babylon, that was the beginning of Babylon, they were trying to build a city to heaven. Now the Bible says their sin reaches to heaven. 
and the stench of their sin has filled the nostrils of a holy God, causing the fire of his wrath and his judgment to erupt from his throne. And so John takes us for a walk through the streets of this city, this sin city, and we see more than bright lights, more than fast living. You know, so often when you see uh, commercials even on TV of things uh, that are things maybe we shouldn't be involved with, they always try to highlight the good things. Oh, have a party, enjoy life, just live it up. But they don't show you when you got the hangover the next morning or when people are throwing up on the streets or they're doing all kinds of things from drugs that maybe they've taken. Uh, we, we, wanna, we try to paint this image, if you will, of what the world uh, looks like and, and we think it's all bright lights and fast living and oh, it's just so awesome. Well, notice here about this city that it's a demonic city. That's what we see in the first two verses in verse one and verse two. So verse one says, after this I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. And so what we find here is that this is a, a world described here, a city described here of demonism and Satanism. Demons are crawling the earth uh, like ants at a picnic, if you will. Uh, there's this explosion of, of Satanism and witchcraft and astrology and the occult. And in these last days, demons are going to have, if you will, this, this hellish holiday. Uh, they, they won't, but there won't be any place to run. There won't be... Uh, any place to hide. Uh, these demon hordes, if you will, uh, are going to be released from the very pits of hell. Uh, they're going to lock up, lock the world up in their power. And we know from history that Babylon was uh, the home of magicians. It was the home of soothsayers, spiritism, fortune tellers, even astrologers. Uh, you remember at the birth of Christ, uh, when the magi came, what were they? They came from where? From the east? They came from this area uh, of Babylon. They were astrologers. They had seen uh, the star uh, and, and were following the star. Uh, and so that was the, that was the culture uh, of Babylon with all of these uh, worldly things going on. People in this day are going to worship the son of the heavens, but they're going to refuse to worship the son who is in heaven. Kings and presidents who, who chart their life by the stars who won't worship the bright and morning star who is Jesus. And there are two things about these people uh, that will never cease to amaze us. First of all, what people will not believe, that's one of the things that never ceases to amaze us, what people will not believe. And the second is what people will believe. Because it's amazing that a person won't believe in the resurrection but they will believe in incarnation. It, it amazes us that a person won't believe in creation, but they believe in evolution. Uh, it amazes us that people won't believe that the world is, is here by choice, but people will believe that the world is here by chance. It, if it amazes us that a person won't believe in the grace of God, but they will believe in the goodness of man. Oh, everybody's good. And that's because the devil is a great deceiver. And no one will be more deceived than the inhabitants of Babylon in these last days. And so it's a demonic city. And it's also a deceived city. But it's a depraved city. It's a depraved city. Notice verse 3. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. So it's appropriate here that we read that the sin of this city is described as sexual immorality, as fornication. Uh, but it also stands not only for physical sexual immorality, that word stands for a spiritual uh, idolatry. Uh, this modern-day Babylon is going to be celebrated as a liberal city that's free from the shackles of, of, of God's authority and godly morality. The slogan is going to be, if it feels good, do it. 
Uh, if it looks good, watch it. If it sounds good, hear it. If it tastes good, eat it. Uh, this is a city of spiritual rebellion, of material obsession. That's, uh, that's all the world is about and about moral perversion. Uh, business is going to become rich uh, through the power of her luxurious living. Uh, so for a while, this city's going to look like the Emerald City. It's going to look like the, the end of the rainbow, if you will, where everybody can find a pot of gold. Uh, one of these luxuries by which uh, they are made rich, when you look over to verse 23, uh, it says, For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. Now that word for sorcery is the Greek word pharmakeia. It's interesting sometimes when you look at the Greek words that are behind these English words, uh, what does that sound like to us in our English word? Pharmakeia, pharmacy, uh, the use of drugs. Now, one of the instruments the Antichrist will use to deceive the world and to control the world uh, will be illicit drugs. It may be that the Antichrist will legalize all drugs because it'll be one of the major industries uh, in that day. We see us a major industry today with with helpful drugs, but uh, we see more and more illegal drugs uh, being legalized across our nation and even around the world. Well, uh, drugs have always been and will always be one of the devil's great tools. Uh, demonism and drugs go hand in hand. Uh, David Wilkerson uh, once said this, he has said, I've yet to see a person involved in Satanism who did not first open his mind to the mystical experience through the use of drugs. Most of the time, those who are in Satanism have, have been exposed to illicit drugs. And so this is going to be a city whose God is gold, whose creed is greed, and almighty God is going to be replaced by the almighty dollar, the almighty money, uh, because they will be, as 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4 says, they will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now, you think about things today and how high things are today. Prices are going to be at an all-time high then, uh, but values are going to be at an all-time low. It's also a dangerous city. I want you to see that in verse 4. He says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. So right in the middle of this description of this city, we get God's call here that God's people need to separate from this city of Babylon. Uh, you see, there's an enticement and even today an allurement to this world. Uh, it's kind of like the undertow in, in the ocean. Uh, you first get into the ocean and, and it feels just like a gentle pull. I mean, sometimes if you've just been out in the ocean and those waves are coming in and then you've been out there for a little while, you get out of the water and you go to rest, you still feel that that movement of that coming in and going out and that coming in and going out. Well, it's kind of like that. You get that little bit of, a, uh, of the current coming in and taking you out. Well, it's so easy, it's so relaxing and so refreshing. And, and at first, it's so easy to resist. But if you go deeper, the pull gets stronger. Until finally, you're caught in what's called the undertow. And you literally are powerless to resist the pull and the tug of that current as you're swept out into the sea. The world is just like that. Sin is just like that. It'll take you farther than you want to go, and it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And that's why God calls us even today to separate ourselves from the ways of this world. God warns us, and he's warning here in these last days, that if you take part in her sins, in the sins of the world, in the sins of Babylon, you'll also share in her punishment. You'll share in her plagues. If you share in the world's sins, you'll share in the world's sorrows. You know, sorrow always follows sin just as sure as night follows day. Uh, Dr. R.G. Lee once said this. He said, you can eat the devil's corn if you want to, but he'll choke you on the cob. <laughs> we need to remember that this world is not our home as believers. We are just passing through. And we're not, we're not to be on the inside looking out. That's worldliness. Uh, we're not to be on the outside looking in. That's envy when you're looking at the world. We're to be on the outside looking up. 
Because Jesus is coming again. Behold, your salvation draweth nigh. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. And the reason is because of what Philippians 3.20 tells us is because our citizenship is where? It's in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, we see that it's also a doomed city in, in verse 5 and verse 6. It's a doomed city. Uh, so it's demonic, it's depraved, it's dangerous. Now we find it's doomed. Uh, notice verse 5 again. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. And so what we find out there and are reminded is that Babel's tower didn't reach to the heavens, but her sins will. She's in great trouble. In fact, we read there she's in double trouble. For every sin that she's committed... She's going to be punished double-fold. That's simply the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow, and you reap more than you sow, and you reap later than you sow also. Uh, God says that for this world, there's going to be a payday someday. And so her destruction is going to be sudden. That's what we see in verse 8. For this reason, her plagues will come, how? In a single day. In just one day, not over a period of time, but in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. Everything you see that's a part of this world, it, it, one day is literally going to go up in smoke. These people who are, who are pouring their lives into this world as if this world is all that there is uh, reminds us of uh, people who might have been trying to set up chairs on the deck of the Titanic while it was sinking. Uh, I mean, don't misunderstand what we're saying here. We ought, to make, we ought to work to make the world a better place. We ought to do all we could to make our, our economy better, to eliminate viruses and diseases, to work and to, and to pray for peace and to eliminate world hunger and so many other things. But even though we ought to do all that to make this world better, I'm telling you this world isn't going to get better ultimately. This utopic vision, there are some people who have this vision that, that the last days things are just going to get better and better and better and better. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. It's kind of like a mirage. You, you can see it, but you, you, you can't touch it. You, can't, uh, you can never have it. Charles Haddon Spurgeon uh, said this. He said, apart from the second coming of Christ, the world is more, li more likely to sink into a pandemonium than to rise into a millennium. And that's what we're going to see here because the fifth thing we see about this city in its description is it's a defiant city. It's a defiant city. Notice what verse 7 says. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, I sit as queen, I am no widow, and mourning, <laughs> I'll never see any mourning. This city is living high on the hog, if you will, singing out, let the good times roll, and it'll be as snug as a bug in a rug, and all the world will be gotten on board without realizing that it's sailing on a sinking ship. This takes us all the way back to the Old Testament, to the prophet Isaiah. And the prophecy of Isaiah will be fulfilled when he said this, about Babylon in Isaiah 47 and verse 8 through verse 11. Here's what Isaiah said hundreds of years before John's revelation here. Now therefore hear this, you lover of pleasures, who sit securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one beside me. I shall not sit as a widow or know the loss of children. Isn't that what we just read Babylon will say? I'm not a widow. I'll never see uh, loss. Or, uh, these two things, he says in verse 9, shall come to you in a moment in what? One day, just like Revelation tells us. 
The loss of children and widowhood shall come upon you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries and the great power of your enchantments. You felt secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray, and you said in your heart, I am, and there is no one beside me. I'm it. I'm all there is. But verse 11 says, but evil shall come upon you, which you will not know how to charm away. Disaster shall fall upon you, for which you will not be able to atone, and ruin shall come upon you suddenly, of which you know nothing. Wow. That's the prophecy of what's coming for Babylon, what's coming for the world, especially in the last days. But notice the sorrow of this city. Uh, if you go back to verse 8 there again, verse 8 had said, For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day. And then it says, Death and mourning or weeping and famine, and she shall be burned up with fire, for a mighty is the Lord God who has judged her overnight where she was laughing and partying it up and saying, I'm a queen. I'll never be a widow. I'll never experience any loss. Overnight, the cries of laughter turn to the cries of sorrow as the city collapses. Almost a hundred years ago, in 1929, there was an event that took place that not uh, not many of us have experienced, uh, our parents, may, some of your parents maybe did, or your grandparents, but uh, we've read about it, we've heard about it. It happened on a day called Black Monday. It was the day that the stock market collapsed. We, we worry about that happening even now. Is the stock market going to collapse? Is our economy going to collapse? And it triggered what we know today as the Great Depression. But based on what we see in the book of Revelation, here, the true Great Depression is yet to come. In the first Great Depression, you only see the collapse of one nation's economy. But in the Great Depression of the, of the book of Revelation, the entire world economic system is going to collapse. And everything is going to fall apart. Three groups of people are directly affected by this and their sorrow and their cries can be heard from one end of this earth to the other. All of them are marked by the same cry. You'll notice this cry in three different places that divide the verses for us of these three different segments of people. It's the words, alas, alas. So you'll notice the first uh, alasses will come here in verse 10, but let's read verse 9, reading into verse 10 to begin with, to give us that context. Verse 9 says, And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her, with Babylon, with the world, will weep and well over her when they see the smoke of her burning. Everything's fallen apart. Everything's burned up in one day. And they will, they will weep and they will well when they see that. And then verse 10 says, They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. Well, what's the first section here of people? We see the sorrow of the monarchs. Because when the Antichrist comes to power, there's going to be this centralization of wealth. There's going to be a one-world bank, a one-world currency, a one-world government, a one-world economy. You know, we would have probably, I know when I was younger, had a harder time imagining how would you have a one-world financial system. But today we have big currency. That's universal around the world. Doesn't matter what nation you live in. Doesn't matter what culture you're from. Doesn't matter what your lifestyle is. You can buy into Bitcoin currency and, and, it's, and it's able to be used anywhere in this world for anything you want. But we've seen that movement over the years more and more as, as pull out your wallet, pull out your pocketbook. You got credit cards. If you, if you don't, you got a bank card that can function in that way at times with whatever you have uh, in the bank. And so we become more and more where you don't even have to use those cards anymore. You can pull out your phone, search Amazon, find you something there, push by, and it's going to be delivered to the house in a couple of days, maybe if they get it here in time. It's amazing the technology we have today for buying and selling that 20, 30 years ago 
Even 40 years ago, we didn't have those things. I mean, think about that. The Internet is a relatively new uh, resource that we have, that we, many of us didn't have when we were kids growing up. And so when the, when the Antichrist comes to power, there's going to be this one world economy. Remember, no one, as we've read earlier in the prophecies, nobody's going to be able to buy or sell unless they have this certain mark, the mark of the beast. And so when all the economies of all the nations are lined up, because you have to have that one way to purchase, you have to have that mark of the beast, everybody has to have it, or you can't buy, you can't sell. And so it's a one world economy there. And when all of the economies of all the nations are lined up under that one uh, head, then all of these various kings are going to say, at last we control all the world's wealth and all the world's money. And we're going to see that uh, here even more so uh, in just a moment. But in one hour, the walls of wealth are going to come tumbling down. There's going to be plenty to sell, but nobody to buy. There's going to be bargains galore, but no money to pay for them. It's, it'll be an economic collapse that'll be heard and felt from one end of the earth to the other. And so we see there that these kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality, who lived in luxury with her, they weep over her burning. They say, alas, alas, you great and mighty city of Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come and then notice verse 11 we not only see the sorrow of the monarchs of the kings we see the sorrow of the merchants verse 11 down to verse 16 and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her so if the economic system is collapsed these are the people who make the products these are the people who sell the products and so the merchants they weep and mourn for her since nobody's buying her cargo anymore Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour. Whoa, that means baking. I can't bake bread. Can't even get bread. We already are having some issues with supply with those kinds of things going on with Ukraine just from one basically small nation in comparison to the rest of the world that can affect the economy so much. But fine flour, wheat, cattle, all your beef, your hamburger meat, steaks, sheep, horses, chariots, slaves, that is human souls, the fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you. And all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. Verse 15, the merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. And notice, that where did the king stand? Far off. Where are these merchants standing? Far off. They're saying, uh, they're, they're taking a step back. They're seeing her and all the judgment that came on her, and they're trying to distance themselves as if they weren't part of her sinful acts themselves. And so we come to verse 16 that they say, Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels, and with pearls. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. All shipmasters, seafaring men, sailors, and all those who trade is on the sea stood far off. We'll come back to verse 17. Uh, in just a moment there. But we see this glimpse into this great city of Babylon. What wealth and what affluence and what abundance. Uh, the world uh, will be one giant shopping center, if you will, where if you've got the money, uh, you can have practically anything you want. It's going to be a day when supply will never equal uh, demand. The more people buy, the more they'll want. The more they want, the more they buy. But then all of a sudden, in one hour, poof, it's gone. You can't buy. There, there's nothing there. Uh, nobody can move those goods anymore. Uh, and so all of a sudden, no one's buying. Nobody's selling. Investments have turned sour. And then notice in the middle of all of this, merchandise is listed, verse 13 there. And it particularly says, and slaves, that is human souls. In that day, just like in this day, but more than ever before, people will be selling their very souls. 
Everything people have sold their souls for, success, silver, uh, sex, is, is all going up in smoke. And the loss of all those other things are, are replaceable. But the loss of the soul is irreplaceable. So to lose one's wealth, it, it, uh, someone said, is, it, is sad indeed. To lose uh, one's wealth is more, but to lose one's soul is such a loss that no man can restore. Then notice not only the sorrow of the merchants, but the sorrow of the mariners. That's what you begin to see there in verse 17. It said, for in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. All the shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors, and all those who trade is on the sea. Where are they standing now? They're standing far off too. They don't want anything to do with Babylon anymore, although they were in bed with her all along. And so then notice, uh, and, and they cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city, where all who had ships at sea grew by her wealth. For in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, uh, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. So there we see that all the business uh, comes to a standstill. There's no need for ships to move because there's no cargo uh, to load or to unload. If you remember some of the prophecies that have already happened with the pouring out of the bowls, all those things are dead on the sea. I, I have a picture there, Jordan, if you can go back to. I failed to mention this last week, and I want to be sure to get it in this week. We talked about how when the seas are turned to blood, uh, that there's going to be dead fish that are going to be floating up. This was something that happened just a couple of weeks ago uh, in Tasmania. It was rescue efforts that were underway to save some 200 plus pilot whales that were beached in Tasmania. Do you see that blackness all the way down through there? Hopefully you do. You see all those whales beached. What we read about in the book of Revelation is going to be far worse than that because all of the creatures in the sea, because when the sea is turned blood, and the fresh water is also turned blood. As we read in previous re revelations, uh, we find that all of those creatures, they can't live anymore. They, they all turn belly up and just think of the stench, the smell. Well, well, think about all that's in the sea. The ships couldn't hardly do anything anyway to maneuver around all of that. If they could get products from one place to another, now they're all, all at a standstill. Uh, the world center of commerce will have collapsed uh, because there's no one to buy. There's no one to sell. The flags of the ship will, will fly at half-mast uh, over the demise and the death of the city of Babylon. Uh, and then the false bottom of Babylon's economic bucket has, has literally fallen away. Uh, the trade unions will be totally powerless up until that point. Uh, and that time, unions would go on strike, so uh, they won't work. But in that day, God is going to be like, it's going to be like God's going to be on strike. Uh, so they can't work because of these judgments they're not going to be able to work and, and so the ships aren't going to be able to move uh, products from one place to another you think about all those port cities that we already have here in america much less around the world where products are sitting uh, you think about during covid during those two years of covid and now we're still trying to catch up with all of that stuff that never got shipped over some of it that spoiled uh, while it was sitting in shipping containers in ports because people couldn't work in ports because of covid restrictions and those type things this is going to be on a far worse scale than than covid ever was and then notice finally the silence of the city because the curtain rains down forever on this city of sin notice verse 21 then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea saying so will babylon the great city be thrown down with violence and will be found no more now i've heard many different ones interpret what that could be uh, what this millstone is could it be an asteroid uh, that comes and in, in, in the, the the lord is talking about here is flung uh, into the sea i mean you've heard recently about uh, the the um, um, space thing that hit an asteroid they purposely used it to hit an asteroid you ever wonder what if they moved it just too much the wrong way <laughs> or slowed it down just too much a uh, particular way uh, i think they think it was a success but we won't know uh, for years to come what the actual ramifications of all that is but here we see this great millstone is thrown uh, into the sea 
And this fulfills the prophecy of Jeremiah, uh, who said in Jeremiah 51, verse 63 and 64, when you finish reading this book, uh, Jeremiah said, tie a stone to it and cast it into the midst of the Euphrates and say, thus shall Babylon sink to rise no more because of the disaster that I am bringing upon her and they shall become exhausted. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. And then we're told to listen to that deathly silence that falls over this city. Verse 22 in the beginning says, And the sound of harpists and musicians, uh, of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. So think about what were they doing before? Partying, living it up, having a great party. But no more music anymore. No more music uh, there'll be no more mirth, no more music. God's tired of listening to, the, to them dishonoring him and, and prostituting themselves to, to other gods. And so God just shuts down the orchestra. Uh, Ezekiel 26, 13 says, And I will stop the music of your songs and the sound of your lyres shall be heard no more. We need to be careful as believers that our music is and that our, our worship is worshiping uh, God uh, lest he shut down our worship because it's meaningless, because we don't mean anything by what we're singing or, 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 or playing or singing. And then there'll be no more manufacturing. Notice verse 22 as it continues. He says, and a craftsman of any craft uh, will be found in you no more, and the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. So the wheels of industry are going to grind to a halt. Not one machine is going to be in operation. Factories are going to be silent. Machines are going to be dead. Uh, the night has finally come when no man can work. And then he says there will be no more marriage in these last two verses. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth. And all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who had been slain on the earth you know she's talking he's talking here about wedding occasions and so wedding occasions are supposed to be happiest and, and joyous uh, but for this world the days of pleasure at this time that we read here are going to be over uh, the day of grief has come because for the world weeping will endure for a night but there will be no joy in the morning this time i believe revelation 18 is just one gigantic commentary of 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, that says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. There are two worlds. There are the, there's the world called earth, and there's the world called heaven. And the question is, to which do you belong? There are two cities. There's the old Babylon, and there's the new Jerusalem. To which do you belong? There are two families. There's the family of God, and there's the family of Satan. To which do you belong? There's an old saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But I believe that's bad advice in this case. My advice is put all your eggs in the right basket and then watch that basket. Put all your eggs in the basket of God's sovereign grace and then keep your eyes on him. And if we live to see this world fall apart, if we live to see God turn out the lights, then look up. Because your redemption draweth nigh. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what we've read and seen and heard in this passage. Uh, although terrible the judgment will be, Father, we know that you are in control and that we are to separate ourselves from the world. We are to be a holy, righteous people who are seeking to live for you. It, yet we are to be in this world, being a witness for you, just not of this world. And so, Father, I pray that you'll help us to be sure that we're keeping ourselves in check, that we're having that balance, that we are seeking to, to befriend, befriend people, to share Christ with them. We're seeking to minister to them, to, to reach out to them, to show them the love of Jesus Christ, that they might come to faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. But at the same time, Lord, we're not to be living in this world because we're not of this world. Our home is there with you. And so, Father, keep us focused on that, knowing that we're just passing through. But, Lord, I pray that if there is anyone who's here tonight or anybody who's listening online or watching online, who they've never experienced that personal faith in Christ, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them, that they would call out to you and ask Jesus to come into their heart to save them and to help them to live for him. 
all the days of their life. Lord, we know that that day is ever approaching. We see the stage that's being set already uh, in our world today uh, that begin is beginning already to lay the foundation for what we just read about in Revelation 18. Lord, it's not a far leap or, or, or a far stone to cast to think that this could come to pass even in our days. So Father, help us to realize we are uh, living in those last days before Jesus comes again. And that we would be faithful to be ready that no matter when that time comes, whether the trumpet sounds or whether you call us home with our last dying breath, to live faithfully for you with whatever time we have left, making a difference by shining the light in a world of darkness. Bless us, Lord. Keep your hand upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us uh, there online. We hope you were blessed by the message tonight. Uh, we want to encourage you to come back and join with us next Sunday. Uh, you can join us there online if you want. Uh, but we would love to have you come and join us in person if you would. Uh, we have Sunday school at 915 uh, Sunday morning. And then we'll have uh, worship at 1030. So come and join us for either one of those. We're in the life of Jesus on Sunday morning and Sunday night. You'll receive a wonderful blessing. You stay safe. Uh, have a great week. And we'll see you this coming Sunday.